hard to believe that you can make good money doing what you love while making the world a better place? I feel you. My name is Eden and I'm a holistic business coach who spent years in nonprofits believing things like money is the root of all evil and trying to spiritually bypass capitalism before my desire for comfort, freedom, and stability outweighed my attachment to my limiting beliefs. See, after years of helping myself and many, many clients create profitable, regenerative feeling businesses that honor our spiritual and material needs, I launched New Money Social Club to give the very best coaching, community, and strategy for aligned abundant growth to believe it we've got to see it so this podcast centers the stories of diverse entrepreneurs who are daring to live work and create on their own terms in the spirit of a mutually flourishing equitable new economy Hello, hello, beautiful people. Uh, My name is Eden, and I'm a holistic business coach and creator of New Money Social Club, which is a membership platform that helps folks heal their relationship with money, math, and marketing so you can build profitable, sustainable businesses. And I am so stoked to sit down with one of my favorite teachers in the world, Puno. So Puno is the creative genius founder behind Made With Map, People Map, I Love Creatives, I Love Creative Studios, and... um, super helpful courses like Instagram growth, back in the day, Squarespace design, graphic design, finance friends forever, and a soon to be lifestyle business course that I'm sure everybody here is at the edge of their seats for. So super quick story. Um, When I first made the transition from the hands-on world of community, nonprofit work, uh, food work, DJing and nannying into the digital realm of online marketing business growth, I felt like an imposter for sure. At the time, and this was over a decade ago, the only voices I could find in that world were pretty bro-y, uh, pretty techy, pretty robotic, and super technical, none of which came naturally to me. And so I spent plenty of time kind of straining and forcing and trying to mimic their best practices while trepidatiously sneaking in my own intuitive prowess where I could, but always feeling a little wrong for it, even though it would years later guide me and my clients towards the highest potential. But it wasn't until I stumbled across a podcast where Puno was the guest that I felt a doorway open up into my own liberation and congruency in this work. While Puno admittedly took up an interest in the internet and coding at a young age, she did it in a way I hadn't seen modeled before. She was goofy. She didn't take herself too seriously. Though she was smart and strategic as hell, she had this natural confidence over her naturalness, which I found wildly inspiring. It led me to sign up for her Instagram growth course at the time, which led me to be an active user on her platform, People Map, which honestly helped some of my earliest clients grow their businesses off Instagram in an organic, community-driven, aligned feeling way. And this was a huge departure at the time from what most Instagram growth strategies were pushing, which was like, like bots, automated engagement, um, automated engagement, sort of disembodied, extractive approach towards social growth. So as I look back, Puno trusting her gut on growth helped me trust and cultivate my gut on growth, which has totally become a differentiator and a unique value prop and no longer what originally felt like a liability. Years later, we both had babies at around the same time, which ushers in a whole new layer of inspiration and respect as someone who is also attempting to live, work, and raise a family in alignment with values like joy and prosperity and freedom and ease in a culture that is designed to produce the opposite. So without further ado, it is my absolute honor and pleasure to stop talking and introduce you to the creative genius herself, Puno. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what an intro my goodness 
<laughs> yeah, I first want to just give you a moment to like introduce yourself in any way that feels right for you or if there's anything that I left out before we get into the questions. Um, no, I mean, I think I feel like that did it. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Perfect. We will dive right in then. So um, here at New Money Social Club, uh, we got money in the title. Um, you yeah. know, one thing that one problem that I was trying to solve with this is the fact that a lot of folks, we all kind of feel a little scared talking about money. Right. And we know that like so much there's so much benefit in being a lot more transparent, especially as folks who are kind of um you know, maybe coming from more under-resourced backgrounds or more marginalized backgrounds in terms of access to wealth and resources, right? And so um, I'm a big fan of being a little bit more transparent when it comes to money. And we all, no matter how much money we have, no matter what our story is, we all carry uh, stories around money and beliefs around that. And that shapes the way that we are in the world. And so I'm curious, Puno, if you're willing to share a little bit about what is one story that you heard um, about money growing up? And if you don't mind also sharing a little bit around just your relationship with money. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, so I'm half Filipino, half Korean. And I don't know, I feel like mo- it doesn't matter if you're half Korean or half Filipino, but um, my parents never talked about money. Uh, I, I I don't even know how much my dad like made growing up. I don't know how much my mom made. Um, And then my parents got divorced also. So like, I really didn't talk about money even more. Um, And so I think because of that, I never asked for money. Like I never, I would always like try to figure out how to do things without asking for it because it just felt weird to ask my parents for money. It's weird now because like, I'll like my husband, for example, like his family will be like, Hey, are you good? And they'll offer. Um, And so I think I was like, Oh, I didn't know parent. I didn't know that that was like a thing that you could do. (laughs) Um, So like I, when I was younger, I would like steal money. I would like, like, like I'd get quarters from my dad's like quarter thing or, or I would like go to the mall and I'd go like to, Clinique or whatever, and I would steal stuff. And so I became like kind of a bad kid. Um, but I think like just in general, just not even talking about it was was what my whole thing was about it. Mm-hmm. And then um when I went to college, I was very fortunate because my parents did pay for my college, but I didn't have like extra cash to like buy things or you know buy stuff that you don't need. But like, I was like, I still wanted those things. Um, And then I got a credit card um, when I was in college because they shouldn't allow this, but they had a bunch of like credit card kiosks with those stupid bears. Like you could get a bear if you (laughs) sign up with a credit card. No, I was like, okay, I'll I'll do that. Seems very harmless if you're getting a bear. And so I signed up for like a $10,000 credit card, not understanding interest rates, not understanding like anything, but also just assuming because I'm paying for college that like I would be able to pay this off. Like that's the whole point of college. Right. Um, and also I didn't know exactly what I was going to do when I graduated. I just assumed 
if I have a college degree, I should at least be able to pay off $10,000 worth of credit card debt. So yeah, and that was like my first foray into what debt is and um, just just not, yeah, like, like realizing, oh shit, like that actually like ramps up. And for some reason I keep paying it and it's not paying off and um, I'm not making enough to pay it off and understanding like that, that is not the way to deal with money. (laughs) So (laughs) I think because of that, and I actually, at that time, my husband, who was my boyfriend at the time, like he kind of explained it to me about like, like what is interest rates and like um this is actually how much you're going to be paying and and when i like realized that that's when i was like oh no i need to just talk to people about it and so i would i went at the extreme though like i would be at work and i'd be like hey so how much how much do you make you know and just trying to like not make a big deal out of it anymore and i think like that has just give, opened my eyes and like just given me so much. Um, I just like, no, now I, 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 I'm not, I'm not uncomfortable with asking and, um, I'm not uncomfortable asking for things for myself. And, um, I think like as a freelancer, as someone who's like doing client work too, that's like really helpful. Um, yeah. I, I mean, just being able to talk about money is an incredibly powerful thing to be able to do. So, um, yeah. thank you so much for sharing and I love that you just said kind of like not make a big deal out of it it's crazy the drama and trauma that like we kind of put ourselves through just like in simple things like what do you charge you know um (laughs) when it also in an alternative world could also just be pretty mathematics you know it could be pretty cut and dry also shout out to dad's quarter uh jar on his dresser because I did the same thing and I was like that was like a tucked away little my early money tra- not like real trauma but early money memory yeah. like sneaking his like quarters so I could like go buy candy yeah you're just like oh, how much does this make <laughs> <laughs> fine I'll use the pennies <laughs> <laughs> at some point he noticed uh that was that was a whole other story but um okay thank you so much for sharing that so also I'd love for you to take us back um so when did you first start like working for yourself? And um, can you recall some of like the major challenges at the time in like making that transition towards working for yourself or just doing that um, and how you worked through them? Um, so I think the first time that I like really worked for myself was in college. My aunt was a graphic designer. Um, and I told her that I was interested in it. Um, and so I was like telling her that I was self-teaching myself, like flash dreamweaver, Photoshop, blah, blah, blah. And she was the first person cause she was a freelancer. So she gave me freelance work. And so that was really like my first taste of, okay. Um, this is basically like, I remember she had me do something. And I was like, I don't know how to do that. Um, And she was just like, we'll just figure it out. And so I think that was just like the whole like, oh yeah, you just need to figure it out. Also, I'm like from, you know, I I graduated college 2006. So um, you had to figure out everything. Like everything was new. Um, So 
I think like to me that that whole like you need to figure it out thing you have to like learn how to be resourceful mm-hmm. was was huge and, and we didn't have YouTube at the time like I was still having to download like you wouldn't download a Photoshop tutorial on um, YouTube uh, on BearShare or Napster that would be crazy I would not do that. I would like pick Family Guy or Simpsons over that was Family <laughs> Guy around at that time but whatever I'd like definitely prioritize that. And then we would like, I would learn from magazines or or do tutorials or just have to like figure it out on my own. Um, But yeah, that was like my first instance. And then the second time was uh, the 2008 recession. And that was when I got laid off. And so I had to like really actually do freelancing, um, like get a 1099, figure out all that stuff out. So those were the two moments. Awesome. Um, and can you remember like any of the early struggles there? Was there like, I, I definitely like the whole, like, you got to figure it out is, is a, a big one. And also like, I'm curious just around, like, if you ever felt any type of pressure to like do a more conventional thing or like equating freelancing with like financial instability or like instability in general, like, did you ever struggle there at all? Or was it? Absolutely. Yeah, of course. Totally. I, I think that like in general, because I was so scared of getting back into debt that my number one priority was not art, was not like creative. It was always like, I need to pay the bills. Um, but I think because I could lean on that resourcefulness mm-hmm. um, and that I was, no matter if I was getting paid for it or not, I was just always learning how to do things that I was interested in just because I was like, I learned Photoshop, not because I like thought that I could be a graphic designer. I learned Photoshop because I was like, this looks cool. And like, let me play around with it. I think because of that, I was like building all these skills and these skills essentially gave me leverage to then do more things that I was like interested in because they'd be like, Oh, look at this girl. She knows how to use Photoshop. That was like, well, my mom, I mean, my mom, my aunt said, she was like, she knows how to use Photoshop. Maybe she can do that. Um, so I've always like had that curiosity and that like, just do things that you're interested. Don't don't feel so much pressure of um, having to like pick a job or pick up a gig and like assume that's going to be the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, but because of that, like I did a lot of random shit that I don't know if I would ever do. Like I worked for, I was freelancing for like a Trojan. That was fun. It was like really fun, but I, I like uh, freelance for Trojan condoms. No, it was a vibrator. It was both, I think. <laughs> But I did like a lot of work that I don't necessarily think I would have, I would have done if it wasn't for the paycheck kind of thing. So, um, and I, I feel like it, there was one point, um, when I worked at Activision, when I was a UX director there. And that was like, when I was, I was like choosing money. I was choosing, um, just like, it was really, it was money, but it was also like feeling like I, it's not a sense of loyalty, but like a sense of, um, what, what else am I going to do? Like, this is 
the biggest thing I've ever done before. I can't like, is there, am I really going to change or should I just like try to figure this out? I built a team. Like there's just a lot of like history in that job. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I stayed there way too long. So I think that like that, all of those little pressures, it was, you know, the money was definitely a big thing, but it was all these other external things that um, I was just afraid of making the change. Cause I was actually happy with what I was doing, but it was like all these other things in this company that was making me hate this job Mm -hmm. or this like thing that I was doing. Mm -hmm. Um, And I couldn't reconcile the two. I, I, the only way I could deal with it was finally quitting. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I mean, I, I like money is, I'm, I'm never going to say like money is not a driver for what I do. I, I, unfortunately I'm not the pure artist that is like, I am only going to do what makes me happy and then like figure it out. Like I'm actually pretty conservative and like I will put together a PL if I have a business idea and I will like try to see like financially, does this actually make sense? Mm-hmm. Because you can at least get there, you know? Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty conservative, I think, in that sense. Yeah. I dig that. And I, I share that as well. I, I'm not to, this isn't about me, but just that relationship between like being a creative person and like kind of their, I don't know, I, at some point felt like, okay, like, well, being an artist always felt like not within the realm of possibility. Like I really needed something concrete. I needed something that's like, I do this and I can get money doing it. And it was like a surprise at some point realizing like, oh my God, I could do creative feeling work you know, mm-hmm. graphic design, building websites, that kind of thing. Right. Strategy like that still feels wildly creative. Um, and it has this kind of direct paycheck attached to it. Mm-hmm. Nice. <laughs> yeah. 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 Now I'm looking at my job or like what I do right now. And I'm like, hell yeah. Glad I picked this, but I didn't really pick it. You know, like I, I never wrote a business plan for this. Um, but I kind of like chose the almost safer routes here mm-hmm. while experimenting and trying to do everything that I like to do at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope that makes sense, people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, okay, maybe, well, this is going to be a later question, but I feel like it's kind of, um, Yeah. What does lifestyle business mean to you? What does a lifestyle business mean to you? And like, yeah. 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 Okay. So lifestyle business is not lifestyle brand. So like lifestyle brand is like, I want to, you know, sell this lifestyle to people and like, it's a brand, but this is more talking about, um, like the term kind of came up around when startups happened. Startups are like high growth. Um, investor Investors get ROI for your investors. Uh, and then lifestyle business was like, okay, this is more about your fa- the founders. It was so extreme sometimes when people would talk about lifestyle business that it would kind of look negative because it looks small. Um, but really for me, I define lifestyle business as the goals of the business are the founder's goals and values. Whereas if you had a startup, you can say that. You can say that all you want. 
but at the end of the day, you did take money. And so you're, you have to do whatever you can to get the investment back to your, um, to your investors. So, uh, like in, in any sense, if you ever take money, like you, you kind of need to go the high growth route, which is not a bad thing. Mm -hmm. It's just that, um, that is your, that's your goal. Mm -hmm. I always chose to do lifestyle business. Like I remember it wasn't popular. I remember when I was Googling it, I was like, wow, that sounds great. Just do whatever the founders want to do. It, it seemed even at the time, like kind of small, not successful. And I was like, I don't know. I'm totally fine with that because I just chased money. I got the most burnt out in my life. I was like crying at a bar at 11 PM. And that is not early. I mean, that is early, <laughs> that was not okay. but, um, and then also, I also felt like, uh, the immediacy and like the feeling that everything is high stakes was like bullshit. And so I just, I just didn't want to like be in that mindset. Um, and I was like, I just want to do the complete opposite of that. And I'm totally fine if that means that I'm not you know, a billionaire. But at the same time, I was also trying, I was looking everywhere to find other lifestyle business founders and I was finding them. Like slowly the startup world started having those founders. One of the founders that I remember was, um, he, he owns ConvertKit and he is, he never took on money. He always had a profitable business from the beginning. Um, he always had leverage. And like, that's what I learned from him was that he had leverage. That didn't mean that, I mean, that company makes like a hundred million and um, monthly, like AR, their monthly re recurring revenue. So like that is like a huge company and they're making a ton of money. Um, but the way that he went about it was to make sure that it was not like not necessarily high growth, uh, burn people out, churn people out kind of thing. Um, yeah. So that is what I think. I feel like, I, I feel like that's what I've been building. And, um, I think that I'm always trying to like, I like, I have to always watch myself because I think all of us here who are trying to build out, like, I see a bunch of people here that like have businesses we always have so many ideas and that those ideas always have a timeline. Those ideas always have money involved with it or people have to have to work on that. So I always have to just like question what, what am I building right now? And like, is this, what is this for? Is this like going to eventually burn us out? Is this going to like, is it worth the burnout? Cause sometimes it's worth the burnout, you know? Um, but I think it's just being like very, very self-aware the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's so real. Um, it's cool to just sort of, I imagine what you, and it sounds like you did a lot of projects with your husband as well. Like what y'all have done is just what felt right to you at the time. And now it's like, yes, even more of like a term that is being used and also not pejoratively, like not like as a, yeah. Cause if you listen to like the startup world, it's like, oh, but that's just like a lifestyle business, like it being like a kind of less than experience. But yeah, I think folks are ready for <laughs> um, alternative ways of growing. Right. Um, yeah. Maybe. So yeah, I'm curious about that. So 
you have, uh, you know, I Love Creatives has been around for how many years? Mm, Okay, so the first newsletter went out like 2014. But I don't think I took, like, I wouldn't consider I Love Creatives a business until 2018. Okay, cool. And so either way, it's been at least five plus years. Um, And like, did you have the big vision at the onset or was it kind of like, I just want to start with fulfilling this need and then it kind of has been growing uh, organically from there? Yeah, yeah. Um, Definitely was more of a need. I didn't think it was huge, but I like knew before I created it that I couldn't work on it because we actually had people map at the time um, and made with map. And so I was like, whatever I do, like this needs to run on its own. Um, But at the time, I just didn't see it being a huge business, Mm -hmm. but it was just something that I needed in my life. Mm -hmm. I felt like other people might need it. Um, And I knew that, you know, it could pay for itself as long as we got this many ads Mm -hmm. and it was good to go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So what's it like to build a business that like by the very design at the onset does not require your mate like your daily energy being put into it oh I mean it still required my energy but um I I'm like one of those people that I'd like to pick apart I mean this is why I like teaching I love to pick apart what I'm doing and that's like just operations of like okay this is the task that I'm doing like I love making a wiki and like here's the steps and then I'll time myself and figure out how long it takes me. Um, and that alone is like literally, that's just scaling. So um, just doing that is like, was was what I had to do. But you're, you know, you I still had to like think of the new ideas. I still needed to talk about it all the time. I still needed to like meet new people and like collaborate and figure out how to like, you know, redesign the website. Like I still had to do all the other stuff, but in terms of like the day-to-day things that I knew I could task out, that was always like, okay, can I afford that? Um, who can I hire? Then bring that on. Yeah. I, you're definitely a bit of a like kind of productivity ge- genius, I think. Um, ah, I, I don't think I'm like, not that for, I'm like, <laughs> well, I think I, I just make decisions. I try to just make decisions fast. I feel like, because before I, I used to like sit around on a, a decision for a really long time, or I would have like way too many ideas and I would never like move forward on it one, regardless if it was a good idea or a bad idea. Um, and I kind of was just like, I need to like make decisions and just do things. Um, but I do think that that's why I feel like people perceive me as like, doing a lot or like getting a lot done. Um, cause I, I see it, I see it with, you know, students, they see it with people that I work with, with, with contractors that we hire, um, that there's, there's a good amount of time that is wasted on indecision. Um, I think sometimes it's really good to just sit 
you know, sit with things and think about it for sure. But like for the most part, a lot of the answers can only be answered through action. Mm-hmm. 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 I love that. How do you pace yourself um, or like just, just pace the, the growth? Like, like sometimes growth happens really, really fast in a business or a project, right? It takes mm-hmm. off. Sometimes and more times, I think in my experience, it requires like this sort of daily little bit of energy and effort towards it for mm-hmm. at least a couple of years before it really reaches its like full fruition. Yeah. Um, have What has your kind of experience been with growing different projects or companies and how do you pace yourself through that? Like, how do I pace like my energy or I guess both like expectations um, cause it, for instance, a lot of folks that I work with, they're just about to make a transition towards working for themselves or just want to get a thing off the ground. And, you know, a lot yeah. of the stories that we see reflected back at us are like, we see the, their, uh, companies in their full growth. Right. Mm-hmm. And the fact of the matter is what I see is like, you're going to spend like at least a year kind of like seeding, seeding, seeding an idea, um, before you're really going to see like big growth come back to you. Yeah. So curious about what your experience has been. Yeah, I mean, I, I I feel like we have pretty slow growth. <laughs> like I don't, I I love I love creatives. I feel like is growing, but I don't think it's necessarily like super fast. Um, I I feel like in terms of the way that I approach like our own like my own pace with it is. Um, I mean, it takes forever for us to get a course out because like even right now, like I'm working on the lifestyle business course, but I'm on vacation and or there's a lot of things happening on with the team right now. And so that deadline is just getting pushed. Um, It's not ideal. Like I don't love it, but it's also like I'm making that choice to like extend the timeline. Um, I think... Also, like I'm always trying new things and seeing if, especially like with marketing and like certain things, like any kind of project that we're working on. And um, I try to figure out ways to um, see if this has potential. Like, okay, let's say that we do something and we find that the demand for it is like not as big as we wanted to. Like we have to, I, we just have to cut it as soon as possible, which is a little bit of that decision-making where yes, we spent a ton on this, but like whatever, it's just not working like at all. So we need to just deal with that and like move on. Um, Yeah. I think that that's like a huge part of um, a lesson that I needed to learn, which was like, sometimes when you build something and you like work on something, you build a system out for it. And then it just, it's just not, (laughs) it's either not fulfilling or it's just not bringing in enough revenue or whatever. You just kind of got to cut it. Um, So that, that for me, sometimes like I have to remember, like you can cut things, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's crucial. Uh, While we're here, have you ever made any mistakes uh, before in any of your businesses? And what's your relationship like there? I say this because a lot of us deal with this. I mean, perfectionism has kind of been like ingrained in a lot of us, you know, throughout the culture in various uh, 
degrees based on our identities and all of that. Um, But it could be like really paralyzing. Like, you know, a lot of folks don't want to, you know, create their first Instagram post or first TikTok, whatever. They're afraid of like feeling like they're not going to do it right. Or it's not going to be, you know, and so like, do you ever deal with that? And if so, like, how do you get through it? I, well, I mean, the first business that we made, made with MAP, the number one thing that we didn't do was make a PL. Um, mm-hmm. I We just assumed that we could do that after when they come. Um, and like, that was silly. So <laughs> I think that like, that was like probably the biggest mistake I've ever made was just like, this um not treating a business like a business than like just moving forward and not learning how to use a spreadsheet and not doing a PL and um that's yeah like I think it's it's like if you really want a business like you have to do the you gotta do that part. It's and it's fun now. Like I love it. Like I'm like oh my gosh here is the answers to most of my anxiety or my hesitation or, you know, I, I usually can figure out some stuff with just like looking at numbers Mm -hmm. and then, and then I feel, I feel way better. You know, I don't know. I, that's how I felt. Like, I was just like, wow, why did I not, why do we not learn spreadsheets when we're (laughs) in kindergarten? So many reasons, but no, that's super real. I I totally agree that literally just doing the math on it is going to resolve so much of the existential kind of angst and anxiety. Am I doing the right thing? Is it going to work? It's like, well, let's, Mm -hmm. let's do some high level math. So for those who are unfamiliar, haven't crossed this bridge yet, P&L means profit and loss. So you're doing just kind of a quick analysis of how profitable a particular endeavor is, right? Um, But I also think like figuring out how to like, how to do that. Cause I was talking to a friend of mine who like wanted to start a business and I was like, well, like, let's break down what your goals would be in this next quarter or this next year. And it, it, it doesn't come naturally to a lot of people. So, um, but if it doesn't come naturally to you, that doesn't mean you should ignore it. Like you need to do everything you possibly can to figure it out because like that is the game. Like that, like if you're going to learn Settlers of Catan, you're going to know how to like play Settlers of Catan. <laughs> so um, like wool, it, that's wool, you know, you need to know that that is wool. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think that like it is okay that it is not natural because it wasn't natural to me as well. Um, but but that should be priority number one is to try to figure it out. And some people will argue with me on this, but I I I definitely think that hiring help, bookkeepers, CPAs, like financial coaches are helpful. Um, but I have I have been in so many situations where they've missed something and not because they intentionally did it or I just didn't find the right person. It's just like, it's, I don't know, it's still your business, you know, like, you know what you're, you're charging your credit card on, you know, what is important for you to like spend money on. And um, to me, I think it's like, so important to watch it. Cause I've just seen so many friends like in the past four or five years that have always leaned on someone to like figure that part out for them. And it like really fucked them up. Like 
Yeah. Like real bad. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. So, um, yeah, I know. I don't know. It sounds really heavy. Um, <laughs> no, no, it's, it's super real. And I think the invitation hopefully here is to look, you can do math in any type of way that works for you. I do math differently. Like I'm actually super allergic to spreadsheets. So <laughs> even if my ass has to like create my own system, whatever it is, everybody can do simple addition, multiplication. And if you can't yeah. get a calculator, you'll be free. but there's no one right way to do it. But, and if we want to create profitable, sustainable businesses, there is some math that's unavoidable. And there is some degree of being in touch with that math that like we cannot outsource, right? And like you said, nobody's going to care as much of your about your business as ultimately you are. And that goes with, with hiring support in every direction. Um, you can definitely layer in support, really important support, but um, yeah, like fundamentally, it's yeah. skills that we all need to develop. And it's okay to like not be good at it at first. Like it's okay to yeah. be a baby at first. And, and like where I learned business financials was because of my personal finances. Like being in debt was probably the best thing for my like financial literacy mm-hmm. because it's so much easier to like we teach this in our our course where we like break down like budgeting but uh or we break down like debt um because it's like okay I I want to know how I don't want to know but I want to know how much credit card debt I owe or like how long I will owe this uh, but that can teach you the other lesson of okay well how do you how do you um invest like how do you know should I invest in this stock or should I invest in a house or like should I you know it's the same number it's just like from a different point of view mm-hmm. um so yeah I mean like if you're in debt like you can think of it as a blessing <laughs> like <laughs> okay this is how if I can figure if you can figure out how to get out of debt in your current situation you will be the best business person ever because um that's exactly how what happened to me was like I was I had to figure that out um I'm in a situation that's not ideal um uh it's it's still unpredictable but yet like how can I get out of this still and do you have a plan and do you have uh, the will. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. and it's totally possible. And just a little plug, one of Puno's amazing courses is finance friends forever. So, and that's what y'all support folks with, especially creative minded people. So if, if this is an area where you struggle and you want some more command over that, definitely check that out. Um, I'm I think gonna- it's so funny too. Like that, that one, we had a good, cause we had to think of like so many analogies cause it's really like a dense, boring, yeah. thing to talk about there's a lot of Keanu Reeves references in there <laughs> <laughs> um, okay I'm gonna do a hard left here yes um how has motherhood changed you and in general and also like in relationship with your work I don't know how working moms do it like without help. That is incredible. Like, I mean, okay. So the first like three months with her, it was like, oh yeah, I got this. Cause she's sleeping all the time. <laughs> Did I forgot that they don't, I didn't, I didn't, I actually never knew. I didn't know. Um, but I think that like 
well, she's going to start daycare. So basically child support is everything. And that is kind of the only way that it is possible. Um, but I feel like, I mean, I mean, I think that it's just incredibly hard to like brain wise come up, like do something new while you're trying to raise a kid. And if you don't have help, like, I just, I don't even know how that's possible. Like, I, I don't even, I don't think it's possible, but if you're doing it, hell yeah. You, they need a Netflix series on you. So you will. Yeah. But, um, I'm doing, I, I feel like because of that, because I have child support, because I have uh, that, I, I feel great. And I, but I do think that like, it's tough because in the beginning, I literally thought I would go back to work like at six weeks or whatever. And in a sense, like I am, I'm always kind of back, but, um, but like, I'm still kind of like figuring that part out. And I, and I'm really lucky because when I left, uh, for mat leave, I had a team, like the business, our business was like at a point where we actually had operations. Uh, we hired a project manager that like was helping with everything. It was just like, it was kind of the perfect time to have a kid for in our business. Um, but you know, it's, it's still like one of those things that I'm still kind of figuring out. And like, uh, I'm, I've got the same amount of ambition, but now I'm just like, okay, I need to like cut some of like, it's like, okay, here are all the ideas that I have. And like, now I need to really like narrow it down this much kind of thing. Um, which I don't think is a bad thing. I think I should have done that anyways, <laughs> like regardless. Um, but yeah, it's really a big prioritization exercise. That I hella feel you. That's totally yeah. been my experience too, of just like the inspiration is not, you know, the, the drive hasn't gone anywhere. Right. No. So yeah. it's like, you're, you have so many ideas. I actually believe Maybe even more. I don't know. I used to like breastfeed and just be sitting there like, oh, like figuring all this shit out. Way more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but, and then you, you get to work and it's like, you, okay, I got like two hours, <laughs> you know, like to cram yeah. all this stuff in. And so it just forces this prioritization of energy and decision-making and move-making and your to-do list in mm -hmm. a way that like, I don't know about you, but like, for me, it's like, there's just no way I could get to everything. So I have to get really used to the practice of like failing at most of what I used to be able to do. And just oh, yeah. doubling down on like the few things that are really aligned and actually profitable, sustainable here. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Honestly, are how many, are there other moms in this, in your group? Yeah, for sure. Um, and we're going to have a, oh, in just a second, we're totally going to have a little Q and A. So maybe if anybody feels this, they can, they can speak on it. Um, okay. So I have like maybe one more or two more questions. Okay. One is maybe an easy one. Um, what is the best business advice that you've ever received? Oh, 
Hmm. Man, I don't think I've ever gotten like, oh, actually, one of the best business advices, because I don't know if anybody here works with their partner, but um, before it was going, like Daniel and I were like, let's build a business together. This is before I left Creatives, before I made with Map. And my aunt and my uncle, they have a business together. And they were like, you have to separate. Like somebody needs to be the CFO and someone needs to be the CEO. And you can't make all of your decisions together or you're wasting like it and you don't actually have trust. Um, and I, I don't even think it matters if you're, if that's your partner. Like if you have a co-founder, you should really be able to let someone take it and go. And like, you don't even have to have a meeting with them. And like, that's literally how we have worked and functioned since then. There's a lot of times where it gets a little iffy, but um, I feel like that's with any partner. Like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, that was like probably the best advice. And I, I, I kind of think about that with like, most things now is just like, do you trust this person to like, just go and like, you don't need to even question, you don't question like how they're thinking through things. Um, then that's great. Then yeah. you've got a really great situation. Um, I love that. What is your role? What's your kind of role that you is most aligned with your strengths? So I feel like I'm the person who will like ideate on ideas and then get the ball rolling. Um, and then, I mean, it's like what, I feel like that's what most people like to do, <laughs> but maybe not. I don't know. But like, that's, that's definitely what I like to do. And I also like creatively, I love to be a part of that for, for I Love Creatives and like try to figure out like, you know, how can we make this more, relatable or how can we not um keep talking about the same topic like like burnout was like a big thing where I was like I'm a little over talking about burnout in this like very avoidant kind of point of view um because in my mind it's not it's kind of inevitable if you do something new and you like are a hard worker or like just like to push yourself. Um, so like, I, I'm always just trying to figure out like, is how are we talking about things? How is society talking about things and how do we give it a new lens? How do we like give it a new perspective or like really be really think about what we're saying? Because when I was working at girl boss, I kind of sometimes felt like it, it that was when it was most apparent that, you're sometimes in this like regram, like meme generating kind of culture where you kind of forget what you're saying and you kind of forget what you're talking about. Um, uh, and yeah, and I think that only has that, that main reason is just because it's like you don't have time and you're like, I need to post this thing and blah, blah, blah. But that's my role is like, just step in and be like, wait a minute. <laughs> Maybe we don't want to say that. 
Yeah. So like actually just like full-blown creativity to like a, a normal problem. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. Like, like there's sometimes you need to be on a wheel and it like is very helpful for momentum and it's good, but then sometimes it's nice to just have someone there that's like actually has the power to, to like stop things and just like be like, like, is this an opportunity for us to have our perspective on things? Mm -hmm. That's super real. And I just want to underscore that with like, you know, what you create courses around, you know, to a degree, there's a lot of people that create courses about that, but the way that you have always done it has always just been what feels like yourself, I imagine, but just like fun and colorful and creative and different. And like, it kind of eases the nervous system when talking about something like finances or something like Photoshop. Right. Um, so Love that. Well, I want to be respectful of your time, Puno. I'm so, so grateful for the time that you shared with us today and all your wisdom. And um, yeah, I don't know if there's any last thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I guess like, yeah, I feel like, I mean, we didn't really like get into the weeds of, of a lifestyle business. Um I talked a lot about money, but I just think that that was like a huge part for me that unlocked a lot of stuff. But there is also the part that um, that we were just mentioning right now, which is like, why are you even trying to do what you're doing? Like, what is the reason why you're quitting something where you could make a huge paycheck or have that stability for your kid or like, just, you know, like, what is that reason? And then the lifestyle business part that I feel like is so hard to figure out is, well, like, how do I still pay for the things that I want to do, but also do the things that I want to do? And, um, uh, I think that like, for the people that are just getting into this and are like, just starting a business, um, it's refreshing to hear someone say like already from the beginning, like they know exactly that they want to help this specific person in this city. Like that's rare actually to hear that. What I hear usually is I just want more free time or I want to manage my own hours. And I think that those are a little bit just from what I've seen, I think those are a little bit more of a generalization. And I just, I hope that you can, um, and here and with you, with your group and like, just dig a little bit deeper on what those things are. Um, because that's when you can really unlock, like, what are the pieces of this lifestyle business that is going to be sustainable and function for a very long time? Um, so yeah. Yeah, no, I hella feel that and really appreciate that. And I think, the, the theme that's been coming up for me as like in, you know, promoting this and just kind of meditating on that. What, what do we mean with lifestyle business and how, you know, it, I feel like it is going to look so different for everybody because it really should be reflective of your value. So if your value is to have a lot of free time on your hands, then your business is going to look a certain way, right? If your mm-hmm. value is to be remote, if your value is to be, you know, doing a certain particular type of work, right? So it really 
is this more bio-individual like approach to business building, which is really liberating and exciting, right? Because you can basically build a business around your strengths and around Mm -hmm. the type of lifestyle that you want to have. And hopefully, um, you know, this conversation and the many, many, many other creative businesses that have worked over, you know, the course of however many years can be just, you know, can help convince you that this is also possible for you, that you don't have to build a business in a particular super high stress way, that it can look differently and that maybe it'll take you five years, but like, it's so worth it. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 I, yeah, I definitely was (laughs) before I did PLs. um, before I was like into the startup world, I was definitely like, yeah, I'll have this amazing million dollar business in a year. And like, I don't want to like, I feel like some people can do that. Sure. But that is definitely not what I can do. (laughs) I can't do that. And I'm like, very, very open about talking about why that is. And it's like, I, I know exactly who who those types of people are and they're so good at that and they're ruthless in a good way. They're not actually bad people. They're um, it's just, but like the way that I want to run a business is I literally just do not want to do that. So um, I cannot have this billion dollar business in a year because I won't do it. <laughs> I just, I, I know I won't, um, but I don't think that I'm not successful. So um yeah. Yeah, that's that's it. That's really the theme that I wanted to show here is just like reorienting towards like what actually feels good for you. Fuck a, you know, reflection of like millions and billions and whatever. Not saying that you shouldn't have that if that's within your goals or whatever, but also like it life can be really great, like a little bit. Yeah, not. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Yeah, I know. I'm like, I just. I think that's the part that's weird is like, I had to be okay with saying that, like, I'm not trying to be successful in certain standards of society, but I consider myself successful, but I'm also not on the totally other, other spectrum where I like want to be on a beach and like retire when I'm 40 kind of thing. Like I'm like somewhere in between that. (laughs) Yeah. Feel you. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know what a human design profile is. I want to know. I love that stuff. Don't say that. You're going to get bombarded. Human design. Am I? <laughs> um, well, what do, you, what do you think I am, Emma? Oh yeah, that's it. <laughs> Got any resources? Yeah. Um, thank you again so much for your time, Puno. Um, thank you for all that you have built and created. Honestly, just, it's just a, a natural, um, you in your naturalness has had a big impact on me and hopefully on a lot of other people. And I know for sure a lot of other people, but a lot of people that are here today. So thank you for all that you do and really excited to see the lifestyle business course when it's out and, um, have a great summer. Yeah, Eden, thank you. I know you are doing lots of things as well. So I appreciate you like building this community and like inviting me and all the good stuff. Thank you. All right. Bye, y'all. Take care. Bye. (laughs) See ya.